I can't get enough of Chris Cornell's voice. It's a sad deal with him, but awesome music, and we'll have it for some time to come. What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, and Shock Socks. I'm your host, Mark Poole. Sitting to my right, not that any of you can see that, he's my co-host. He is, uh, he's a famous figure, I guess, of some sort, you could say. He's, uh, he's the one and only dark side, Jamie Guida. What's up, Jamie? What's going on, guys? Good um, weekend of racing this weekend. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It, uh, let's not forget our faithful producer sitting over there in, uh, computer land struggling today is it <laughs> tj smith what's up bud i barely got it going today barely hey, got hey it but going. you got it going barely yeah. counts you know barely's as good as is 100 so uh, before we get started guys we want to want to say rest in peace nikki hayden that's a sad deal and uh the motorcycle community in general is uh, i know pretty uh pretty in shock on this deal so uh great racer great figure great representative of motorcycle racing in general and uh, he will be missed yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. I guess in a way, it surprises me that that you don't hear more about people getting hit by cars and all that kind of stuff, being on those road bikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's made me think twice because I just got into riding a mountain bike <laughs> on the road. Just what I've been doing lately, and jeez. I'll stick to the trails of my mountain. Well, bike. that's yeah, why when I, I do ride it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's why I just ride mountain bikes. I um I I love doing it, and I would I would love to to get out on a road bike and do it. I just don't, especially in East Texas, all these yeah. crazy rednecks. I don't, I don't trust right. it. You know what I mean? So a whole lot safer sitting on my couch watching big bang theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, Oh wow. That was a nasty. We're watching Ferrandis's crashing this weekend. Ugh. Yeah. Come he, up short on that. And then high side off of it. Nasty. He did get up though and ride. So, I mean, sort of, <laughs> yeah, he didn't finish. He was a little loopy. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, he pulled a, a stew from Daytona, like back in 2011, <laughs> trying to get back on his bike and then <laughs> fell again. But it uh, must be a Yamaha thing. No, I'm kidding. But uh, with Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Yamaha dealer. Anyways. Uh, so they had Kawasaki's and Suzuki's too. Kawasaki's and Suzuki's, but I had to throw the Yamaha. I just cracked on Yamaha, so I had to try to cover my oh, track. Oh, okay. okay. I got <laughs> so, you. I got you. But uh, Hangtown has uh, come. It's it's motocross season, boys. It's here. That's right. Some good racing, too. Well, I mean, we started the year off with a bang. Guys that we thought were going to be up front were up front, but it wasn't just a runaway from anybody. I mean, they I think that our leaders and our winners were dominant, but showed kinks in their armor. Right? I think Osborne was more dominant than Tomac. If he, he, it's yeah. crazy to say that, but he was really. I mean, nobody even contested him hardly. You know. Well, like I said, what I'm looking forward to is there's kinks in the armor of both of these guys, where they not getting the best starts, not just running away and just demolishing the field, uh, especially the second moto for the 450 class. So. I mean, we could have some stuff. I, I think the twenty four and O thing is people that we're talking about. I just there's no way I see it now, especially with something like that. I think it'd be tough. What do you think, Jamie? Um, I think it's still possible, honestly. The guy was pretty far back and then had a pretty big battle with Muskin. I, I think he's he, I'm gonna go at least twenty wins. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't get a whole shot either moto and he's not known for whole shots. You've yeah. gotta start up front. Like you could just Well, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, but when it, when I'm what I'm saying is is to be that consistent when Ricky and when Stewart were doing it, they weren't doing it from the back of the pack. They weren't doing it from bad stars. They were pulling hole shots and running away. Well, I, I it, here's my opinion on what's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be just like last summer what Kenny did to everybody. He's going to win about 20 motos like JB said. <laughs> yeah. Cuz that's about what happened. Yeah. yeah. And uh we're going to have four motos where we're going to have probably Muscan or 
Darat Bagger. Dare I say JG? Go yeah. to hell next week? Yeah. Well, it is a contract year for him. And if you want JG to ride good, he needs to be well, threatening believe, to lose his contract. Well, he got his uh, ankles fixed, and I think they're keeping him anyway. So oh, yeah. He's yeah, good yeah, to go sure. there. But they'd be foolish not to keep Josh at this point. But, right. Hey, how did, y'all, how did uh, everybody's fantasy work out? Well, <laughs> how did that work out there, Dark Side? Mine was god awful. Like um, it wasn't last place, was it? Wasn't that oh, yeah, bad? It was, oh, yeah, it, it was. Well, it was. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it actually. Yeah, that's what oh, happens I knew it was. when uh, you take Ferrandis and he gets you zero. You take McAdoo and he barely gets you any. And you take Taft and he doesn't race. <laughs> and yeah, so my two fifties were pretty much worthless except for AC. Yeah, it was bad, but. He did well, good four fifties though, right? Yeah, but it's all together. I was last. I had like no, he had dead last in our group. One hundred and eighty points, and like the guys that won, I don't know, three or four hundred. Yeah, right at right at three hundred points. Oh, yeah. so. it, it was terrible. Well, well, one of these days I might actually get into this fantasy stuff. It's just right now I can't stay hooked on it. So well, if it, if we do get a runaway for the series, it'll keep it interesting <laughs> for us to watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, guys, you excited about our guest tonight? Is anybody else excited about him? What's his name? Well, I don't know who Davey Coombs is. No. Never heard Davey of the Coombs, guy. No. Yeah. Does he have anything to do with motocross at all? I, I, I maybe. Don't think so. I heard he rode a dirt bike once. Once or twice. Once, yeah. yeah. I thought he owned. I, th- I thought we were talking to a guy that had owned honeycomb cereals. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> honeycomb cereals, Davey. <laughs> Man, I'm really disappointed right That's now. Racer X. Not and, as disappointed as the number six is oh, right there with a broke Honda. Yep, that was uh, a bad deal Martin. right there. That put him back. He's going to have hell trying to catch up to Osborne now. And they don't have throwaway races like we do no. in fantasy. <laughs> no throwaway <laughs> races. Davey Coombs from MX Sports and Racer X will be on with us here in a little bit. We're also going to talk to uh, Mr. Ryan Bailey. He is a professional motocross mechanic. He he probably works – he probably does more in a day than most three people do in a day yeah. doing what he does. So he we're, stays we're, pretty busy. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna chit-chat with him later on and see, see what he has to say. So uh, – Anyways, anybody anybody got any uh, anything else to add? No, we got Loretta's qualifiers coming up, so we'll be interested to talk to him. We got this weekend is the youth regional at Underground. Yeah, and yep. it, there's a chance of rain. On, it was supposed to be all weekend. It's gone away from Saturday, so Sunday we could have some mud races. Just gonna be interesting. I'll be out there announcing, and I mean, you know how those are gonna be. They're gonna be. 40 man gates for every class and this is all oh, yeah. the mini bikes so mm-hmm. we're gonna have like a gate full of 50s oh yeah, yeah. Right. I, I talked to rich taylor today and he said he had some friends coming out here from california so yeah it's one of the first ones so yeah. a lot of the guys who are real dedicated and yeah. have more money than cents are gonna <laughs> go to this one for sure it's yeah. gonna be a hard one to qualify our local kids are gonna struggle because like i said it's one of the first ones right right well, I, I get. I'm screwed in both categories. I have no sense or money. Yeah, right. You know, I'm, I'm just, just done. So if my kid ever has any hopes of racing, tough. You know? and, and I did today fire my bike up for the first time. Wow. Well, like, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. Right. I'm getting close. I got the clutch cover painted last week. Fired it up. Maybe I can ride within a month or two. Oh my god, that's gonna be the most famous clutch cover in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not blue anymore. Spe- thank the Lord. Speaking of bikes, anybody wants to buy a, a RM125? I have one for sale and it's clean. <laughs> It, uh, I need to do something with that thing. It's just sitting there. But no way I can afford to get my 450 fixed. I can start riding it again. Get to riding the 450. Back to that, huh? Back to that. Yep, yep, yep. Well, all right. Coming up next, first guest of the evening. This man needs no introduction. If you've never heard the name Davey Coombs and you are not a Moto fan, Davey, what's up, buddy? Uh, nothing. Just uh, just walked out of uh, the door at the Fox Racing headquarters here in Irvine. And uh, getting ready to go get stuck in that California traffic and drive to Glen Helen and uh, see what we got cooking for this weekend. That sounds like not a lot of fun, the traffic part. 
<laughs> it's all right. I, I, I have a I have a fast track. I, I may be from West Virginia, but I've learned the uh, highway system. <laughs> nice. Right, right. So when I talked to you earlier, did you say you were doing something with uh, about Dungey with Fox? Yeah, the, uh, the the folks at Fox Racing are working on sort of a, a tribute documentary, and uh, they invited me to come and, and share some of my uh, memories of, of Ryan and, and some of my insight, I guess. And, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk about uh, – Ryan, we've we've been friends since he was number one forty two in the intermediate class, and uh, you know, really good dude. Uh, always could count on him uh, as a fan, as a journalist, as a promoter, and uh, really happy for him and his family and, and his wife Lindsay that uh, he got to uh, pick his own exit. He, uh, we couldn't have asked for a better ambassador to, to this sport. I don't believe. Did you see uh, the the kid in the B class the, when he was in the B class? Did you see Ryan Dungey becoming Ryan Dungey at that point? You know, it's funny. I was looking at the Loretta Lynn vault earlier today, working on a, another piece, and uh, there are four Dungies from Minnesota: it's Blake, uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, his other brother and, and his dad Troy. They all rode Loretta Lynn. I could not have picked them out of a lineup. I wow. never thought, uh, you know, when Roger DeCosta plucked him out of the intermediate class, I can remember writing and and sort of uh, implying and, and guessing that uh, this is a long shot. This is not like DeCosta. <laughs> um, dozen dozen years later, Roger looks like. What he is, the smartest man in motocross. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a genius because, yeah, it's that, – I mean, what a lucky – I mean, just a lucky break for Ryan and to have it turn out the way it did. He definitely took his shot and ran with it. He did. And, you know, uh, Ryan, you know, I guess, you know, success, you know, is sort of the, the confluence of uh, hard work, uh, effort, uh, some natural talent, uh, some some good people around you, uh, and staying power. And, and Ryan had 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 all that. Um, I think that, that that you know Suzuki was incredibly lucky that that, that Roger made that decision, and then uh, KTM you know had the foresight to bring him over as they developed the new bike. And I, I think the even luckier ones were Fox Racing because if you remember, you know back in '08 he started out the year wearing the one industry's clothes yep. Yep. and uh, ended up quitting because he was so mad that they sired Jason Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> they, they signed J-Law, who was his, his arch enemy yep. nemesis, um, and Fox scooped him up. And, uh, man, I, I just can't believe you know their foresight to have picked up Ryan Dungey, I guarantee you, for a bargain. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And, and obviously that turned into a very – uh, wonderful and lucrative relationship for both the company and the rider. And, um, you know, they, they hate to see him go, but everyone here in the building is pretty darn happy for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure just like, uh, just like RC, he'll probably be a, a Fox representative for probably the rest of his life. Wouldn't you say? Uh, absolutely. And you know, the, the, the difference between, I think what, what, what Ricky was and is and what Ryan was and is, you know, we look at Ricky, and he is, without a doubt, the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. He's almost like an alien. You know, his, <laughs> his physique, his skill, his dominance, his, 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 uh, 
indestructibility. Uh, I think we can all look at Ryan and relate to him. You can, if you're a kid, you can look at Ryan Dungey and think, "Hey, I, I, he doesn't look much different than me. He right. doesn't have much more talent. He doesn't have much more talent than most kids at that age." But the way he developed it, and the way that he, um, you know, caught every wave, every opportunity that came his way, um, you know, all the success he's had. He earned it. There, there, there's no luck involved. He was just in the right place at the right time, and then he made the luck happen. Yeah, and he knew his limitations. Uh, you know that everybody bagged on him a little bit for uh, they called him the diesel. He wasn't aggressive, but I, I, he was very smart. He, you know, at times he might be a little quote unquote boring, but he knew what he was doing to win a championship, and that's almost unheard of. Yeah. Ricky Carmichael, you know, was kind of boring at times, too. But he always loved to say scoreboard. Right. he knew that if he just pointed the scoreboard, you know, there are no style points up there on the scoreboard. There's just wins and losses. Yep. And that's what Dungey had. Yeah. Speaking of style, though, Dungey's technique to me is, is textbook. If anybody is wanting to learn how to ride a dirt bike, they should watch endless hours of, it, of film of Ryan Dungey. Yeah, I think that, that 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 Ryan, you know, he he's he doesn't really get the credit like a, a Wyndham does or a Ronnie Lachine for for the way he rode, and you know he you know probably wasn't that you know picture perfect, but but he was you know just you know textbook yeah. in the way he rode, and unlike Lachine and unlike um, you know Kevin Wyndham. He's got a whole bunch of championships, so you know he knew he knew that that that, that just looking good wasn't going to cut it. You had to be you had to be pretty damn fast too, and and obviously Dogger was fast, and 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 Kevin maybe just had the misfortune, you know, competing when Ricky Carmichael and Jeremy McGrath and Ryan Villapoto were yeah, out there. Yeah, right, uh, right. So there weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of wins to go around, but um, with Ryan, you know. He had his, his great rivalry with with uh, with um, Ryan Villapoto and, and and made the most of it. And yep. Both those guys, uh, I think, are on a level just below Jeremy and Ricky in regards to the all time greats. Agreed. Um, so changing subjects a little bit, uh, you know, motocross has started up. First rounds down. Hangtown's over with. Um, are you happy with the the outcome of it with the crowd? I know the number of participants in the 250 class was considered a little low. How, how do you feel about the weekend on as a whole? Well, I thought that, that we had a fantastic crowd. I thought the the races looked really good on television and the new MEC Sports Gold app. Um, uh, we had great racing, uh, specifically in that second 450 moto. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're right. The 250 class uh, was, was, was down a little bit, but, you know, there's some some mitigating factors there. Uh, 250s are pretty expensive, and a lot of guys, uh, when Supercross was over, were still in transition. Um, a lot of guys decided to ride that 125 Dream Race instead. <laughs> and, and finally, you know, um, Canada has become, you know, a nice destination for, you know, some of these mid-level guys that know they're not going to get out there and compete with, you know, Pro Circuit Kawasaki or Geico Honda or TLD KTM. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're seeing more and more guys race in Canada 
but not really the marquee guys. So um, I was glad we had a full gate, and we'll have a full gate this week, and when we get back east, we'll have a lot more uh, riders in either class. But, um, you know, these first couple nationals are tough. Uh, on the pocketbook after Supercross, on yeah. the body after 17 races. And also, like I said, the, the lure of Canada has got a few of our guys, and, and I think that's awesome. Any Anytime you can go someplace, have fun, get paid for racing, uh, man, go yeah. do that thing. Yeah, I'm a, Kyle Chisholm's my guy, so I was kind of bummed that he's going to Canada, but at the same time, I'm glad that he's getting a paycheck, you know, and not having to do it out of his own pocket, so... So, you know, I'm happy that he's go got something, but I sure wish he was running the Nationals for, with us. Yeah. And you know what, man, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross, it's cutthroat. There, <laughs> there, there are no slow guys out there. Right. No, and, yeah. You know, I was watching guys battling for 30th spot, knowing that, you know, they're not going to get, uh, you know, a point. They're not going to get a lot of prize money, but, but he, not one guy out there is going to let you buy and um, you know that that probably that probably has some of the uh, less than uh, dedicated or or maybe uh, guys that that know they 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 don't have a bike to compete. Uh, you know they they decide to sit sit out Hank County Glen Helen, and I certainly understand that. Yeah. Does the uh, I, I would assume not. But does the popularity of the uh, the one twenty five Dream Race surprise you at all? No, it did not. Uh, Joey Alexander, uh, who helped put it all together, um, raised at Lancaster. Well, Joey, um, he he did a really really good job uh, working with uh, Little Lee, Little D at FMF, and also the Dirt Diggers. And uh, it was great to hear. It was great to see. Um, I got a call today from Michael Sleater. Uh, he was winning until the last turn, and then he threw it away all by himself. But with what had to have been the biggest crash of the weekend. It made Dylan Ferrandez's crash look like a tip-over. I mean, I, I swear to God, it looked like Sleater hit a landmine. The bike went out from under him so fast. And um, anyway, he called me just a little bit ago and just wanted to thank me. He had so much fun. He, you know, he, he didn't win, but uh, he had a lot of great feedback from his friends, and he can't wait for uh, Thunder Valley. And also, you know, they're having a – a two-stroke race at Glen Helm this week. It's not part of the series, but uh, you're going to be allowed to ride 250s and 500s, so that should be fun, too. Oh, but, wow, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, you'll see more of this kind of activity in, in the series as a whole. Is there is there a place where, where somebody can go watch uh, the 125 Dream Race? Is it, is it on the app? or? Do you... I, I think it's up on NBC Sports Gold. I'm not real sure. It wasn't um, yesterday. To... Okay, well, I... I, I... I've been traveling yeah. uh, from Hancock to uh, San Bernardino, right. so I'm not really sure. Okay. But uh, I know that Simon Cuddy and Kyle Scott filmed it and are making a video for Racer X. So oh, cool. give it a couple days. You might not see it in its entirety, but we're going to do one of those really cool uh, Racer X films. Right on. Yeah. So, oh, so Davey, this is TJ. I got a question for you. With the 125 Dream Race and its popularity and then the fact that I've noticed I've got a son who's a, a, a local – fast kid sea rider and we're trying to do loretta's and i noticed y'all are pushing more the 125 you know making them more classes for them is there ever a chance that we're going to get a smaller bike than the 250s for the pro class stuff i mean with the power of the 450s and all that kind of stuff is there ever going to be another 
quote unquote entry level class into the pros before they go into the two fifties and four fifties? Well, I feel that that we're kind of gravitating towards that with what we do at Loretta Lynn's, is what some of the other big amateur events do, and and you know my personal dream, I would love to see a three race one twenty five West region, a three race race Midwest region, uh, where you use like let's say Redbud, Millville, and Buddy Creek, and then a three race East series with like you know Southwick, Mount Morris, and and Unadilla or Bud's Creek, and then take those guys that, that you know are the top 15 in either division and mm-hmm. send them to the Ironman finale and let's 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 have a one race de facto um, you know maybe 21 and under 125 cc championship it will not be a class uh, akin to a third championship class because I just don't think we have the time right uh, for that and you know we have a nice uh, four-hour program as it is and we don't want to probably do much more than that um, but I would like to see uh, the development of this FMF Dream Race uh, concept in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, personally, I grew up on 125s. Uh, I may be six feet tall and a buck eighty, but I I would rather ride a 125 than a 250. And uh, I just don't belong on a 450. So <laughs> I, I hear you, TJ. If you're you're looking for a place for your your son to race, um, and also. This is just me talking, the the fan and the enthusiast. Um, I believe that the step is too big uh, for my comfort level of someone going from a, an 80 to a 250. I agree. Um, that's why we raised the age limit to 16 for a 450 and 14 for a 250. Uh, we're doing our best to help raise young riders uh, and evolve them in a responsible way. Um Unfortunately, only three of the six manufacturers are making a 125 right now. But you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe enough uh, success and enough uh, uh, popularity with these kind of races will happen, and it'll it'll you know inspire the other OEMs to maybe look at something different. Well, we did that. We went from the 85 to the Super Mini, and I made him get on a 125 for a year, and then to a 252 stroke, and now he's riding the 250F, but. I mean, it, it was important, and I think it helped him out a lot. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I'm doing the announcing for a lot of the for the regionals here coming, actually coming up this weekend at Underground. And uh, I think the 125 class is one of the youth classes, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the, one, the 125 is a, a 13 and 16 youth yeah. class. And uh, hey, let me ask you about Underground. They were going to have a practice all week they didn't do that on the racetrack did they? no they did not they have my son actually lives out there and he actually works and okay. does the mowing they they have um two like a like a rut track and then they have what they call i guess you call it like an arena cross track and they uh-huh. did they did just a turn track they didn't have it on the big track yeah. or nobody was allowed on well, it, I'm, it I'm, I'm glad because I, I i saw some advertising a friend of mine and kevin allstock from down there contacted me and said hey i this they're doing nine ten days of riding uh you know at 2500 bucks whatever it was a day and we were like whoa whoa and <laughs> yeah i let you know brandy poulter know that that, that 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 was uh not doable but it was not randy it was the people who actually own the track now yeah uh, so i'm glad to hear that that they they uh they uh, just had riding on the other tracks because you 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 know we are at loretta Lynn's. we we want a fair even playing field we don't want you know even at the regional level, someone to have a 
and have an advantage because they get to rent the track for a week or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Sorry, I didn't mean to segue away from uh, what no, we were talking about. No, but, that's a, uh, that might be something you need to know about. So it's good. I guess it's good we covered it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you I wear, I wear a lot of hats, and I just slipped a little Red Lynn hat on there. Now it's back off. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk dirt bikes. All right. Well, if, speaking of, let's talk about something. Jamie and I were discussing this. And uh, this is something I remember from my childhood, seen in the magazines, and I've heard some good stories from it. But Acapulco Supercross, I think it was 1992. <laughs> yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. How, how did that race come together to begin with? It's, it's very um, ironic that you would ask that because I'm sitting in the parking lot of Fox Racing out here in, in Irvine. But in 1992, I went to cover – uh, the first two 250 Grand Prix in Europe, and Pete and Greg Fox went with me, and Todd Hicks, and uh, a guy named Tommy Rios, uh, who at the time was the Fox rep in Mexico and uh, the Oakley rep in uh, Peru, South America, and all those places. Anyway, while we were at the Bulldog Cafe in Amsterdam, <laughs> read into that, whatever you want. But I swear I was only drinking beer. But, uh, Tom and I, Tommy and I were only drinking beer, and we we were talking about how he's like, I would. My dream is to do a race in Mexico City in the stadium and show how it's done. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! My dad's a promoter; it's not that easy. But I always wanted to do a race too. And uh, the more we talked, the more we hit it off. And, and the Fox brothers were like, Hey, let's let's do a race. So we all kind of shook on it. And uh, then we went and watched Bob Moore and Trampus Parker and Mike Healy and all those Donnie Schmidt racing um, Falcon Sled. Well, Tommy didn't forget about the idea. He went home, found out he couldn't do it in Mexico City, but he knew of a resort in um, Acapulco called the Costa Club. And uh, they were looking for a kind of event. So uh, he bought me a plane ticket to Mexico, and all of a sudden, we're talking about doing this race in October and um, because Fox racing was involved, we were able to get uh, Jeff Matasevich there, Mickey diamond, yep. uh, a young Robbie Rayner. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez was there. Uh, it, was, it was, it was really, really cool. Um, it's the only race I can think of in the history of motocross where the athletes were watering the track and digging the whoops <laughs> with shovels because all the equipment promised promised to us didn't show up. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was it was just a hell of a time. It yeah. was a great story, and uh, you will read about that coming up in Racer X because the 25th anniversary is in uh, October. Oh wow! And oh, I wow. already had I took my black and white photos and had an artist named Rob Kinsey paint. Um, frescoes of it and uh so i already have the artwork ready to go and i just got to get these guys to be honest about what happened (laughs) everyone everyone you know we're all entitled to our own opinions but we're only entitled to the same set of facts yeah and i remember everything because i was just drinking beer (laughs) and uh, (laughs) and that was was a that was a lot of fun and um anyone who was on that trip uh, I, I still hear from Pedro all the time. Uh, I, I still, uh, Mickey and I uh, have been lifelong buddies, and obviously Todd Hicks and the Fox Brothers. And man, I talked to Tommy Rios two days ago. 
Awesome. Uh, so, so, um, well, he is, uh, he, his son TJ is a pretty good East coast rider, um, on his way up and, and, um, yeah, it, it's funny. You, you go through an episode like that and you never, ever forget it. Right. Well, I'm, I'm good friends with, uh, Billy Whitley and Terry Tinney and we asked Billy a few yeah, months ago. Billy, but... Billy and Terry were there. Yep. Yep. At that time, they were, they were barnstormers. They would go race like Guatemala and yep. Honduras and, and just. That's, crazy places where they would literally get paid with a bag of gold. Yeah, yeah. That, know, that or a carton of cigarettes, or yeah, it was just it was just crazy yeah. down there. Billy uh, said that Terry I, made more money for him than probably anybody. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He uh, um, he said yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I remember Chris Neal. Chris Neal was in that race, and uh, Eric Vallejo yeah. won the mini class. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I know Eric too. Yeah. It was a good time. Well, I had I think every picture they put in the magazine of that race of Robbie Raynard I had hanging on my wall <laughs> as a child. I cut him up. Robbie Yeah, you know what? I shot that photo. That was the, the Fox Dream On shot. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Double with the with the uh the uh palm trees. Uh-huh. Club Costa and that's on my wall. That's awesome. awesome. Well, it was on mine for yeah. many years and Robbie's my all time probably favorite rider. We were privileged enough to have him on a few weeks ago and I think I had every pic from that race and then every other picture they put in <laughs> of him as well. But uh it's cool yeah. hearing about that. It, I never yeah. knew the story about yeah. that growing up. Yeah, Robbie's still a badass. So Robbie did a red lens last year. They have been <laughs> oh, cool things ever. That second one twenty five or that second plus twenty five motor was so muddy he just let everyone go. Because he was on that old 125, yep. and and four laps he was in the lead. Oh, I, it was wow. it was astonishing. It was like watching Bradshaw uh, go through the B class. It was yeah. pretty cool. Nice, nice. Hey, Davey, Speaking of Loretta's again, you're bringing that up. This may be something. So there's always rumors every year that Loretta's is going to get moved and all <laughs> this kind second, of. Hold on. Hold you're up. the second person. No, you're the second person. This is the 36th year where someone has asked me if Loretta Lenz is really moving. And I always <laughs> rate who that person is because the first person to ask this year, it was two weeks ago, it was uh, a professional rider. I'll just leave it at that. And I laughed and I said, well, you're on the list, buddy. Well, uh, I tell you, hold so, on, you can put me on that list. TJ's the reason, on the list the, now. <laughs> the, reason, the reason why I say it is is because some friends of ours own a resort that's in Nashville. and Campground. I'm, it's a campground resort that they yeah. own. And they moved the bicycle. I mean, the 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 bike week, like like um, some rally, or some something. bike rally that they have there at the ranch for some reason. And the people there, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, because it was sketchy. And and the hundred thousand riders that the promoter was saying were coming weren't coming. And uh, oh, yeah, okay. you know, well, sometimes so, when things are too good, when things sound too good to be true, <laughs> chances are they are too good to be true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ranch the ranch realized that 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 rally was not what they were sold on gotcha. i don't know the people i don't know what it was about i could care less well okay well she because they because his mom way to go tj good well, job his, tj his mom asked the the people like well if they're moving that what are they doing with the national and the lady the lady <laughs> there was like well if they're closing the ranch that ranch that's probably closed too and i'm like that would be crazy. Davey, do you see Loretta's – I mean, obviously, it's going to stay there, right? I mean, for the foreseeable future, if not the long-term future, Craig. We, well, I, I'm hoping so. There, there, There is a contract in place that doesn't end. I, I love it. End. That's I think, awesome. I think you when, said that. Uh, there's, not a, there's not a place that could hold yeah. that event. 
You said uh, that on on Matheson's show. Remember, you know, the, the, you know, I, I love that people show up for the first time and are like, that's it, that's the track, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> talk to me on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and you go out there and it's the gnarliest, roughest, craziest, most technical track, but but it also has two miles of camping. And, you know, my dad's original concept for that event was that you have to remember it's a national championship. It has to have an even playing field, but it's also got to be a place where the little sisters, the little brothers, the moms, the dads, this is their summer vacation. You have to give them something. You can't have that event at Redbud. Redbud is the nicest motocross facility in the world, bar none. But Loretta Lens would never work there because what would you do for a week? Right. right. Well, I know and, I uh, went there. I went there one year, in between, like it was it was during like the the spring or whatever, and the track had been shut down all year, and it was all overgrown and grass. And I walked it, you know, because I was traveling through there, and I, I I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I kind of snuck snuck in there and walked around the track, and it was just that's that. fine. That's fine. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it was really awe inspiring to walk around there. Nobody's there. And like you said, it does seem kind of small when you're when you're in it, looking at it like that, and you're like, just the, just the amount of racing and the and the. How I many? Guess the yeah, when you're, when, yeah, when you're one guy on foot, when you're one guy on foot, you know it's 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 an interesting place. When you're the forty second guy on the starting game, <laughs> and the, other 40, the other forty one guys have worked as hard to get there as you have. It's a little different feeling, right. and, and, and that's what we pride ourselves on. You know, no one in the history uh, since 1982 has ever rented that track. We've never had an open practice on that track. I mean, we were just talking about the, the underground thing. Imagine how much money we could drive to the ranch yeah. if we had an open practice in May oh, or wow. something. Yeah. We'll never do that. We'll never do that. When when you show up for the Rattle Lens, you don't have to qualify. You're already there. You have the same chance as everyone else. We don't do time qualifying. Everyone's got to reach in that bucket, pull out a number. And, and the idea is that when you show up, you are a finalist. You have as much chance as anyone else in your class. You have as much practice as anyone else in your class. You have as much opportunity as anyone else. And I think that that is the, the magic of the event is the fact that we, we, we've never exploited it. We don't allow the land, the ranch to exploit it. And, uh, you know, I, I think people embrace that concept of fairness. And, and, and you know, that was, you know, my dad and mom, the, the, the founding features of that event were uh, no one's going to point at Timmy and Davey Coombs because we were pretty good back then yeah. and say, you guys, had an advantage you guys got to ride the track you guys got to do anything it was planted with grass it was covered with horses and um we keep it that way so the people get there and then everyone can see wow no one rode this yeah and i'm years and years away from being competitive in even a vet class but (laughs) but but we 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 keep the event the way my father built it and and that was so that everyone who shows up there knows that they got just as good a shot as Robbie Raynard or, or Billy Whitley or Mitch Cumstein or Ashley Fowlek or Robbie Raynard, who, yeah. whoever shows up. Right. Uh, he's got no more track time on it than you unless he qualified last year. 
Well, that's why it's the best amateur national in the ever, you know, ever in our history. So, how much is the has the layout changed at all throughout the, its history? Oh yeah, it, it it changes all the time. But you know, you have to remember um, when you think about it. If you qualify for two classes, you get about ten laps of practice, maybe twelve, and you get six motos of about eight laps each. So you've maybe made. 60 laps on that track in a year and that's it there's no more um that's you know when you think about how often people go out to Glen helen (laughs) or or how many times you go ride you know any other track uh we don't need to to change it all the time because it, it, it 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 does evolve and it's gone through plenty of changes over the years but but it works the way it is it works for peewees it works for pros it works for 60s it works for, you know, masters plus 50 guys. Yeah. Um, you're going to go there and you're going to do work and, and, and nobody lucks into a Loretta Lynch championship. You got to be there for three motos. You got to be ready to ride in the mud. You got to be ready to ride in the heat and you got to be ready to ride against 41 other guys that are just as good as you. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Davey, let's get down and dirty right now. Okay. We're in Texas. (laughs) Get your pen out. Let's get a contract. Let's get a Texas national back. <laughs> what do we got to do? Let's pick a track right now. Let's sign it. We got Oak Hill. We got Swan. We've got Underground. <laughs> we've got Johnsonville. I don't care. Just pick a track. Yeah. <laughs> pick a track. We'll make it happen. We, 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 I know all these owners. We'll make it happen. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tony Miller's. I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I'm a big fan of Freestone. I've been to Oak Hill. Um, I, I've had uh, Trey... Cling and Frost had me come over and look yep. at his track. Uh, three Palms everywhere. The problem is a pro national in Texas has to take place between June 1st and August 15th. <laughs> yep. And it's, yep. it's mighty hot. Well, we're used to that. Yeah, Actually, we, that's fine. We're fine with, with that. All I, this, know, we, I, know, I know you're used to that for other fans. No. Yeah, yeah the Texas fans, sort of, yeah. As ironic, as ironic as that would be, uh, we're having some weird weather this year, and it's yeah. been like 65 degrees here the last few days. Yeah. So well, that'll never happen again. Well, but I always keep an open mind. But right now we've got we've got 12 national tracks, and, and, <laughs> and it broke my heart that uh, we couldn't uh, keep the race in Freestone. But you know the the problem in Freestone is it was in the middle of everything, but it was close to nothing. Right, right. And um, you know the, the the crowd just just you know wasn't there, but it wasn't because of a lack of effort and hard work by the Miller family and, uh, and by the Texas motocross community. But I mean, we, we, we had some, some close ones there with, with guys, you know, wilting. Yep. If you remember in 2010, uh, I don't think Eli Tomac retired all year or, uh, uh recovered. Right. Yeah. He wasn't the same from, guy after that race for yeah. sure. I was standing there watching that yeah. race and, and, and I felt and, like I was going to die. Yeah. But that's why all the supercrosses in the southwest because it's too damn cold in the north. So sometimes <laughs> it really is the the lay of the lay of the weather, the lay of yeah. the land. Well, if nothing else, hey, I was, I was, I hated that the Texas national left, but when they brought Southwick back, I got over it really quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I I hate to tell you this, but I think if you added up all of the tracks in Texas that used to have a national or a Trans Am. There are more tracks in Texas that didn't make it, uh, and a lot of it had to do with the weather. The, the Trans Am races were always good because, you know, they take place in the fall, so you had Rio Bravo, Lake Whitney, yep. yeah. and whatnot. 
but 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 tracks like San Antonio, um, uh, obviously uh, Freestone, uh, Lake Whitney. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of nationals down there that that that, that just just couldn't get the spectators. Well, right. I, I'll say this: South Texas is, is is not the place to have one. It is it's, <laughs> it is all. I used yeah. to live down there, and we rode cycle ranch a lot. And in June, it's already just about unbearable. And I'm used to the yeah. humidity of East hey, I Texas. I was in Texas a couple years ago in November, and it was as hot as I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in this where was it? Grant Langston that said it's like South Africa hot. <laughs> yeah, Some, I can't remember who it was, but somebody yeah. said it's Freestone was like South Africa hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. Uh, all right, so I've got uh, one more question here dealing with amateur racing. This is a topic we brought up probably three or four months ago with some races that I'm involved with. Um, how do you control sandbagging? Um, the reason I ask is I consider myself, I race in the plus 40 novice class. Personally, I feel like I should probably be in the intermediate class, but most of the intermediate guys are running faster lap times than some of the A riders. And if I, you know, if I get in the class, I feel like I should be in, I'm going to be running for last and that's not much fun, but then it's not much fun for the guys that are and really, talking- really novice riders that I'm. 10 seconds a lap faster or whatever. So, so I'm, I'm confused. Okay. You're, you're a sandbagger asking yes. me how to sandbag. Yes. Better? I'm, I'm yep. admitting, <laughs> I, I admitted when we talked about this, that I need to move up and I'm going to, he's move getting up. help for that day. Yes. yes. I'm yes. going to move up when this series we're running is over the next time and just deal with getting my butt handed to me. Um, but we're talking about vets in particular. Are well, we... not even just vets. Anybody, if, a, if, a if, a, well, you know, I, the, the vet thing is a tough one because right, let's say you're Robbie Rayner. Um, he's not a pro anymore. Right. You know, it's, it's not like he's banned because he was good once upon a time. The the thing that's more of a, uh, of a problem for me is you have these guys that are still riding every day. They're no longer pros like a Michael Byrne, a Robbie Rayner, a Tim Ferry, um, because that's what their job is. Michael Sleater, you know, from KTM. Um, they have a job in the industry. They're not pros, but they get to ride a hell of a lot more than you and I do. Sure. And um, but you just have to accept that. I mean, um, once you're fast, you're always fast. It's just the, the level of of work you 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 put into it. The bigger problem I have is these riding compounds where nobody races. Yeah. And um, they ride constantly, but they 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 qualify for the C class because they. Don't have any races. Yeah, they have no so RPV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're 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 talking with the AMA about having a minimum amount of races that you have to put in before you're eligible for Loretta Lens because it doesn't make sense that you've never raced before and then you show up at Loretta Lens and you're a Yamaha support rider. That's all. Yeah. And um, uh, I'll, give yeah. You, I'll give you two examples by names. They're friends of mine, and I understand their situation, but I still thought eh, that doesn't make sense. Um, Rich Taylor's son and Keith O'Neill's son. Now, those are families that have been in racing forever. The kids have been around motorcycles forever. Right. But they just never raced. You know, they've been riding their whole lives, but they never raced, so they qualified for the C-Class. It's like, how can Rich Taylor's son, you know, he is a C-rider, technically, but, but you watch him ride, and you're like, that guy's, that guy's, easily a top b rider yeah but he doesn't have the races under his belt so he qualifies 
I wish we could do something about that because I don't blame those families, but I wish that we could get more people racing locally and less people practicing constantly. Well, yeah, because this is this is sort of amateur ahead. industrial compound concept where everyone. I mean, you open the program of Loretta Lynn's, There's more people from Cairo, Georgia, than there are from <laughs> California. All right, right. And 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 a lot of them have South African accents or Venezuelan or whatever. And what we what we change there is you can't be an international rider and race the C class because we just have no way. It's like the Oscar Diaz rule. We have right. no way of tracking how long you've been riding, and and um, so that's one way to do it. But you know, getting these guys to not be practicing all the time has just been a, a sort of a tougher road to hoe. Well, yeah, here at Underground, like where I say, my son has been like staying out there and training. The the Mashburns who took over, they they don't train on the weekends because they they pretty much tell the kids go race somewhere. Go, you know what I mean? They want the kids to get and that's the awesome. Drops. And I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad to hear that, but 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 you don't you don't see enough of that. Yeah, and, no, and 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 I think that's that's something that's hurting local racing. And, um, you know, we, we don't have open ride days at any of our um, standalone tracks because, you know, we don't, we don't hold practices. We hold races. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, those, those, those places are starting to pro- proliferate in the Northeast as well. And uh, I just don't know what to do about it. Well, it's a tough situation. I'm hoping it gets itself worked out because we need the local racing scene to, to get back to get back to square, so to speak, because that's where it all begins. That's where it all starts, you know, and that, that's kind of where – that's where most of the fans are. And um, I'd love to see it get back to where you, where it's glory days, so to speak. But David, yeah. listen, we, we won't well, keep we won't keep any more. I really appreciate your time, though. Um, do no worries. And if anyone if anyone has any ideas on any of this that we spoke about, uh, my email address is dc at mx sports, and uh, I'm you know I'm always looking for good ideas, uh, even bad ideas, because then they make <laughs> my ideas look better. Hey, that's right. So I, I'll send you a bunch of ideas, and yours will look amazing. Just block, block. You might want to block TJ yeah. and email right away. It'll yeah. say TJ Smith. And I'll tell you how to be a better sandbagger, TJ. No, that's that's no, me. No, that's yeah. not that's me. I mean, no, that's what he said. He I, said Jamie. I'm a B rider. No, I am a B rider. Oh. I moved it to the B class, so I don't yeah. want to hear that. Jamie is well, a sandbagger. You remember that? Yeah. All right. Jamie, Jamie, I'm gonna think this through. <laughs> I'm gonna get you in that D class. Hey, yeah. I, I'm moving up. I promise. I just. <laughs> but uh, hey, well. I imagine you're going to be at Lakewood, correct? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, well, Mark and I are flying up there. Uh, you're, you're, you guys were good enough to give us the media passes. So we Appreciate will, that, We will try way. to get a hold of you and maybe get to meet you and say hi. And i got to shake your hand, sure, so I'm going to look sure. for you. And, uh, but if, yeah. you're going from, if you're going from 40 novice, the racing Lakewood. <laughs> no, no, I'm. I actually work. Sandbagging, buddy. Yeah, I actually work for uh, Rich. I'm an ex-brand vendor out here, and I'm going to go up and take care of Kiefer for the 125 Dream Race, and then uh, do media stuff for the sh- for this show. So that's when I'm going to be there, just hanging out and trying to get some contacts because we're a relatively new show. Um, you know, we're all massive, massive pulp fans. And uh, but we don't have the contacts that Steve has by any means, so that's what I hope to do up there. All right, well, perfect. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys, and uh, you know, shoot me an email. I can do to help you out. Yes, awesome. sir. Thank thanks you. again, Davey. All right, hey, thanks for having me on, and I'll see you guys at the races. Okay, man. See you there, Davey Coons, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we're going to take a commercial break. <laughs> 
Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Moto X Pod Show again. Big shout out, Broadway Power Sports, MX Girl Designs, and Shock Socks. Coming up next, we've got a very special guest. He uh, probably has one of the hardest jobs in the pits, in the industry. He is a mechanic to the stars, if you will, Mr. Ryan Bailey. Ryan, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good, bud. What are you up to? You just finishing your day up? You still out? Yeah, yeah, we uh, just had a long day at, at Paula back in uh, SoCal. Heck Just yeah. uh, another hot day at the track. Yeah. <laughs> for those that don't know, you're wrenching for uh, Matt Michelia right now. How's, yeah. how's yep. he doing? What's his uh, schedule look like for coming back? Um, well, right now, this is only his third day back. Um, you know, it's a slow process. His leg was pretty broken. Bad, like, it was bad. Yeah. And um, just had a slow, long process. Every day, you know, he can ride a little bit, you know, longer. But it's still, it still bothers him a lot. That poor guy so, has been through hell lately. Yeah, it's bad. Two back-to-back injuries, and it's just he—you know—he couldn't prove himself in Supercross because of them. You it, should. It really sucks. You should fire him up and say, you know what, Matt? If you can't get this together, we'll get your dad out there because your dad hauls ass. His dad does haul ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don Don's at a lot of the races we're at, man. He's he's got some skills. That's the fastest old dude I've ever seen. Literally, he is so fast. 
Don, Don still rips. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does, for sure. He does. So, Ryan, let's Thank do you. this. Take us through, like, a, a, a basic day you have uh, uh, from start to finish. You get up. You, you, you know, you probably have – you get a bike ready to go to the track. You get to the track. How much – how many tires do you change or how much gearing do you, I mean, what, what is a normal day like for you? Man, you know, <clears throat> just during the practice, you know, you know, we'll have the bike ready to go, you know, get up in the morning. We both, me and Matt will eat, load up, go to the track. Um, just, you know, if we need to do a, any adjustments to suspension, you know, tire pressure, you know, if it, you know, if days we might, you know, try different tire setups, stuff like that get out there, you know, do, do a moto to any, you know, if we need to do any adjustments, change anything, kind of go from there. I mean, it's, it's not really bad. Right. Say so, but you know, you know, just power out, you know, a good routine that he has set up and then come back afterwards and, uh, finish up the bike work, get it ready for the next day. Is Matt a picky rider? Does he, <laughs> does he have a lot, you know, some guys are real picky about their, their lever positions or whatever does he give you more work than your like say it uh a christian craig or who uh, another guy you've worked with no um actually he's not he's real mellow you know i mean he's real neutral with the bar setup lever setup it's it's real easy actually i mean you can pretty much just kind of eye it yeah and you know if he has to mess, mess with it a little bit he will but other than that it's now it's not bad how did you first get involved with being a mechanic? I know you, you know, you were a, a fast rider yourself. And then at some point you decided to become a mechanic. How'd that come about? And it's, uh, you know, just over the years, just growing up racing and all, I just, I hate to say it, but, you know, I just kind of get burnt out and then, you know, just kind of, you know, take a step back, but, you know, I still wanted to be around dirt bikes and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I I got the opportunity a couple of years ago. Ben LeMay called me and was like, "Hey, you want to come work for me for Supercross?" I said, "Sure." You know, <laughs> so you know that that kind of started it. You know, I mean, I I've worked on bikes for years. You know, I didn't you know help do my own stuff, but that kind of started the whole thing. You know, I first you know full season doing that, and it was just it was really cool. Like yeah. going walking down into A one and looking all at all the fans around. Man, it's just, it's really cool. I bet. that. So you didn't ever go the MMI route or anything like that? Nope. Okay. No, I was just, uh, I was just taught by, you know, people over the years, just like self-taught. And then, <clears throat> you know, I had a couple opportunities. I worked with like Honda HRC guys and all that. So it's just here and there, you know, you learn tricks and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just really cool. Well, there's probably not a better education than, than on-the-job training in that aspect because I've heard that the MMI guys don't really – that doesn't really transcend as to being a race team mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I think I, – don't, don't quote me on this, but I know that they probably teach you the basics. But when, you know, when you're at a race and, you know, you have a, you know, a time limit, say, you know, like a motor <laughs> blows up or something, yeah. you got to swap a motor in a certain amount of time. I mean, you have to learn the tricks to, you know, not having to take the whole bike apart to do it. You know, there's there's tricks of, you know, keeping the subframe on and being able to just pull it up and, you know, squeeze the motor in and yeah. bolt everything back in. Yeah, because it would take me about eight hours to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's – I've pulled an engine out one time, and it, it took 
hours upon hours upon hours. Then I had the bolts all mixed up, and it was terrible. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what's your fastest uh, time for an engine swap? Oh, man. I honestly couldn't tell you. It's been really fast because some of the <laughs> other ones, we've uh, we've had you know a couple couple guys helping you know, for a really crunched on time. It's been it's been quick. I've I I don't know the exact time, but right, it's fast. I mean, it's you just you have to work fast. You're in a time limit. Probably feel like you got a gun to the back of your head the whole time, huh? Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh it's pretty it's tough. Besides Maddie B this year, and um, I know you you told me earlier this year that you were working with Christian a little bit, helping him out as a practice mechanic. Mm-hmm. Who else have you worked with? I know you worked. With um, the guy, the team guy Cooper was managing. That was um, remind me of that Crossland Cross, Racing, Crossland, and then I think you were with Jeff Ward one year, if I'm not mistaken, with no, his team. No, yeah, I was with. Uh, no, I never worked with uh, Ward. Okay, um, I thought you did. No, I uh, yeah, two years ago I was with Guy Cooper on the motorsport team, with um, you know Frederick Norin, okay. Tommy Hahn, Kyle Peters. Um, shoot, those guys have been with Ben Lemay. Right. Yeah, we're gonna have Ben and, on um, next week, actually. Yeah, Ben's a really good dude. Yeah. And then, you know, this this past uh, <clears throat> East Coast, I was in Florida working with Christian at the Nest, Christian Craig. So it was it was cool. It was cool to work with the Geico guys and all. Ryan, did you grow up here in Texas, or where are you from? Well, I'm from Missouri, but, you know, I spent – I grew up – I started racing and all that in Colorado for – you know, I lived there for 10 years, and then I moved to Texas, and that's kind of like – where I guess I'd say I'd get more of a bigger name because mm-hmm. I'd always travel from Colorado to Texas to race. So down there, you know, you can ride all year long. Yep. So I just. So as, as being a mechanic and being like a race team mechanic, how, I mean, it has to feel like, like, I guess you call it uh, nerve wracking because if your rider gets hurt, are you out of a job? Like, if your rider's out and can't race, do they, I mean, do the team say, oh, we'll see you later and come back whenever the rider's back, or how does that work? No, well, no, usually, like, you know, when you're on a team like that, you know, say one of the guys gets hurt, you'll, you know, you still have, you'll still go to the race and you just help out. Okay. You're not, you know, you're not sitting at home, you know, yeah. they'll still have you there in case you do run into an emergency. You can just you can help out. Awesome, yeah. I was always wondering that because that was like that has to be ridiculously stressful. Not only do you have to worry about how the rider's doing and all that kind of stuff, but then if next week you don't have a job because of a practice crash or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, no, they they work it out good. You know, it, it would suck just having to sit on the couch and you know wait. But yeah, you still you still get to go and help out, go to the races, and just have fun. Yeah. If when you when let's just say like you you when you move from one rider to the next, is there kind of a, a a period of time where you're like you're trying to fill this guy out, know what know how he thinks, what he does? Like when you show up one day, if you've been with a guy for like with Matt, you probably spend a lot of time with Matt. You could probably mm-hmm. see Matt first thing in the morning and kind of know what he's thinking, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, with Matt, you know, we all this last in 2016, you know, me and him actually lived together in Southern California, so you know, going to the races and all that, we'd fly together. You know, it was just, we're always around each other, and, and it's just simple. I know what Matt likes, you know, how he is. Mm-hmm. But going and say, like, you know, when I went up to work with Christian Craig, yeah, you know, it took a couple couple times just to kind of feel him out. You know, he's not a very picky dude, great dude. You know, just it's one of those things you just got to learn how they, their routines, what they like, 
you know, it's it's real simple. I mean, yeah. they're not most of the guys aren't really picky. When you so were helping, it's not too bad. When you were helping Christian, was that post DV or was DV still around a little bit? No, uh, DV that was still still with uh, Villeman. So how how was that? You got to see some of the inside. Uh, was DV just uh, yelling a lot or was he pretty chill? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he he definitely put Christian through the the ringer. Like yeah. he uh, he had him do some pretty gnarly stuff, like turn track stuff. There was there was one day that he uh, that David had him do. Uh, went out on the turn track and rode his bike until it ran out of gas, and it was it took an hour for him to run out of gas. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. In the in the Florida heat, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was brutal. That's old school right there. I like uh, I like to hear is. that. That's and Christian, from my understanding, did everything pretty happily. Like he didn't. You know, sometimes I've heard guys with DV, they butt heads a lot. But from what I understand, Christian was did what he was told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he followed he followed the what David said. You know, yeah. and, you know it is more of an old school thing, but you know, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, that's that shows a, a lot of character, I think, from Christian that he bought into it. He he decided what he was going to try to do, and see if it worked. And he he didn't. He went through with it. You know, I, I like that. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there yeah, a, a what? What is the? Uh, we may have already asked this question. I don't know. What did do you guys have a like a a return goal, like a date for for Matt to be back racing? Uh, well, nothing's really set yet. Okay. I don't. I mean, we've kind of talked about it, but it's really to see how his progression is right now. You know, he's getting better every day, so I don't. I don't know. He kind of wants to shoot for after the break at High Point. Right. But. Uh, it's it's still up in the air. So when, when he's training right now and spending all these motos and doing all this, is it more work right now because you're constantly just you know practice bike every day all day, or is it more work during the racing where you you know he's only training a couple of days a week, but then having to get ready for the races? You know what I mean? Well, <clears throat> right now, honestly, it's it's not really bad because he's just going out and having fun. You know, he's not not in the we're not testing suspension right now you know he's just getting out he's just putting laps in so there's really we're not trying a lot he just he just wants to get seat time yeah well that's that's cool man we're ready for him to come back you know we're pretty we you know he's we consider him a one of our one of our guys he's a texas guy and we definitely hope to see him back and we'd love to see you do well you know in conjunction with matt mm-hmm. so you know when do you think you'll be back in town i know you're busy right now with motocross season going on you think you'll be back out this way Maybe head up to Johnsonville anytime this year. Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, I'd, I'd definitely like to make it back to Texas. It's just kind of, just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah. You know, this industry is so last moment kind of thing. You know, just got to wait and see how things plan out. It's probably like being on call twenty four seven. I would, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, Matt does want to try and go back for for the summer to, to Texas and ride some. So that would be pretty cool. Awesome. Well, you'll have to maybe let us know. We can come out. Maybe maybe we can come out. Well, at least watch him throw some laps down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Ryan, I tell you what, we won't keep you any more, buddy. But thank you for your time. It, that was very interesting hearing the things you do and what what goes on in the day to day life of a rider and mechanic. So we really appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Have a good one, Bob. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, man. Yeah.
Ryan Bailey, ladies and gentlemen. All righty. Well, I want to want to take take a moment to, to mention a, a friend of the show, so to speak. It's uh, Moto Hub. It's a, a new social network exclusively for the Moto community. MotoHub.com. Go on there, check it out. Talk to other people. Try to be nice if you can help it, and uh, <laughs> give give those guys a shout. So uh, some people can't help it. Some people can't help it. That's I can't sure. help TJ it. TJ yeah. can't help I it. I can't help it. Absolutely. Yeah. So hey. man. And I, I want, you know, we, we mention our sponsors all the time. You guys, we have the commercials. Probably people skip through them. It's, I mean, that's what I do when I listen to Pulp. But, uh, <laughs> Me too. Listen, man, our, our sponsors you. really are important to us. Um, Shan Garcia with Shock Socks and uh, the guys at Broadway and uh, Char at uh, MX Girl Designs. That You know, they, they really help us out. But they, they need your help and our help. They, you know, they're a business. They're looking for some help. So... Man, use our sponsors. You know, it gets you some shock socks if you want some graphics. Um, Char does an incredible job. She's every bit as good as the big companies you guys hear about with usually a lot better prices. More options, too. Yeah, and I'm still offering to pay $40 towards the first person that mentions our show and pays for a set of graphics. I will cover $40 of those graphics. So hit Char up. Um, it's Char at MX Girl Designs, I believe. Just Facebook, Twitter, you know, and, and like I said, go get some shock socks. You got, we need these people to keep helping our show out. And as fans, we need you guys to support them. That's MX Girl with the U-M-X-G-U-R-L yep. designs. And uh, remember, hey, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, yep. Texas. Guys, they price match. You don't have to buy online. You can go in there. They've got a hell of an inventory of motocross bikes, motocross equipment, parts, things of that nature. But if they don't have it, they can probably get it for you the next day through one of their many distributors they have. And they will match an online price. So you can go in there, get the same deal, give, put the money into a local business that supports the motor community and uh they also sell shock socks there so you can, right. it's a double whammy I, they've got plenty on the shelf right now i was just in there the other day and to get the without these sponsors we have these these great people that believe in this stupid show we do that's right we couldn't do it without them though yeah. like we, we don't have the money for equipment we don't have any of this stuff the support that you know the stickers the, the publicity stickers things stickers. Do, we want, do we want to talk about stickers speak it speaking of stickers we have got a batch of stickers guys hit us up hit us up we'll send you some yeah, we'll in the you, mail if you see if you see us out somewhere we'll pop i can promise you all three of us are going to have one i know for sure jamie guida will have his <laughs> yeah and uh because he's always more on point about that stuff than we are but we have got a bunch of them here and uh let, let us know we'll, we'll be glad to send you a couple and you can yeah. put them on your bike your car your helmet whatever it is and support moto x pod hey i gotta give a big shout out to all the the guys on vital i do a lot of the vital stuff that i put out there and and we actually get positive reviews on Vital. People saying good things about us. So That's we got nice to be doing something right. Either that, or they're not actually listening. Oh, the Vital, yeah. yeah they're just <laughs> <laughs> but the Vitards Vi- aren't destroying us. So Vi- awesome. VitalMX.com. Awesome. People, give those guys yep. a shout again. Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs. Give these sponsors a shout out. Uh, we appreciate having Davey Coombs on, Ryan Bailey, yep. Jamie, TJ. Awesome show. Uh, Enjoyed it. Moto X Pod Show. See you next week.